got a co-presenter. There he is. K-Mac. K-Mac, you got a haircut. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? This tessellate. Hold on. <laughs> Can you hear that okay at all? Is it better if I talk in the bird? Yeah, and you, you look great, man. I wish I could have read the note that was handed to me, but I didn't get eyes on it so much. Sure it was. Hey, can you hear that music at all? Yeah. You can? I just thought I'd grab some quick new music. Can anybody guess who that is? If anybody can guess, if anybody can guess who this is, you win, uh, uh, you win like a dollar? I don't know, five dollars. I'll send it to you. Hold on. Somebody said bad music. Oh, boy. Anybody identify that band? <laughs> All right, I don't have anybody getting even close. Anybody want to take a stab at that? It's a big trivia for the start. Scary, you look five years younger with that haircut. Alright, I'm gonna cut the music in a second, but nobody's even close. I'm not getting any good guesses at all. I know if Barb thinks it's bad, she's probably right. Hold on, last moment. Alright, that's it. I'm done. I'm cutting the music. Nobody got it. Nobody gets five dollars out of me. I was gonna Venmo it to you immediately. <laughs> this is uh, Studio One at the McNally House. And uh, you've got a podcast quality microphone, I see. Yeah, yeah. This is my, my mic that I use all the time. Does it matter if I'm here or here? You know, it, right in the middle is good. Right here? It's good? That's too creepy. Hey, welcome back. Alan Clary <laughs> with us for an hour and a half. The greatest hour and a half of all of our lives. Lives, 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 yeah. Okay. So, so good, good. We both have these glasses on, so that gives away our age a little bit. Um, I'm going to throw a poll out a right off the top. You. Yeah, you did. You. Hey, listen, before we get started, first of all, I've got two important things to say. Is that my camera there? Is that yes, my camera? that's your camera. Naughty. Oh, yep. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> first thing, I'm really proud of you that you finished the book and that the book is as good as it is Thank because you, i know it's going to continue to inspire people to pursue their dreams the second thing i want to say is i want to raise a glass to all of our first responders the nurses the doctors the emts the firefighters and the cops this is a war make no mistake and they are on the front line so cheers to them tonight i'll drink to that there you go all right let's get started <laughs> Let's do this. All right. <laughs> okay. Woo. Got a little emotional there for a second. Okay. We've got a lot of a lot of fun people there. Oh, Art's already pouring cocktails. Great. All right. Oh, now, are people over here on the right? Uh, yeah, that's the one on the right. Yeah, and Luke, Ashley. by the way, Luke is not, oh, by I the way. I know it, Ashley. Barb, 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 Courtney, yeah. Ellen. Don't make, fun of, don't make fun of the guests, please. I'm not. No, no, no. This don't make fun of the people. Luke, Luke Bays, that's yeah. the name. That's a guy who should write a book, Luke Bates. And by the way, back up a second. Luke is not wrong. The grocery workers need a little toast right now because. Oh, here, here. 
Absolutely. We were just talking about that. We were watching David Muir tonight on the ABC Evening News, and he mentioned that. Absolutely. You go to the grocery store, wear a mask, do the social distancing. Here's to the grocery workers. Okay. So let's get started, Kerry. Um, okay. All right. So a little bit, I'm going to throw up this presentation briefly, and um, and it's called, Is the World Changing? you know, under our feet. No, seriously, it seems to me that it is. Okay. Um, just quickly about me, I teach entrepreneurship at the University of South Florida. It's a top 10 nationally ranked program, by the way. A lot of people don't know that. Co-founder of the Tampa Bay Wave here in Tampa Bay, uh, a, a large national accelerator for tech startups, entrepreneur residence at University of Tampa. I've had a half corporate career, a half entrepreneur career. And, uh, and I wrote a book recently called Quit to Start, How to Discover Your Best Idea, Gain the Confidence, and Plan Your Escape. Um, and that's been a really fun journey to talk about. Dedicated to helping others plan their start. Uh, my website's planyourstart.com. And I'm not here to sell, but we're here to help. This is a, a show that we're going to hear to try to help and share with people ideas that we have. This is raw and unrehearsed. Okay. Real quick, I want to show this, Carrie. You haven't seen this, but these are companies that were started in recessions. Right. So I just want to kind of put that out there. It's kind of good context for people. A lot of these are old school that were started in recessions of years past. But look how many of these were started in the last recession in 2008, 9 and 10. Right. Uh, Uber. I'm just going to scan Uber, Dropbox, Instagram. Uh, next column, Airbnb, Groupon, WhatsApp, Venmo, Slack, Square. Wow. Right. So just kind of interesting for people to know that some of the greatest companies that you know and the greatest brands that you know were started in recessions. Why is that? Why is that, Kerry? What, what, it's pretty obvious, but why do you think that is? I think it's the atmosphere of the economy, right? So as a pilot, we learn that if you have an airfoil, right, mm -hmm. and wind goes across the top, all right, it has to go farther than it has to go the bottom right which creates a high pressure system underneath and a low pressure system on top high pressure always races into a low pressure system which creates lift and that is the definition of flight and i think that's what happens is that entrepreneurs instinctively race into that vacuum that's right and 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 in that vacuum that recession kind of equals opportunity right yeah. So not only are the not only are the aspiring entrepreneurs kind of pushed into uncomfortable situations where they're either losing their jobs or maybe maybe possibly losing their jobs where they have to get creative and, and survival is the mother of invention, but also the market are such that it's shifting so quickly that a huge opportunity um, you know huge opportunity chasms open up right things that weren't there before all of a sudden there. I also yeah I, and I think uh, as there are stones put it, uh, time is on our side. We have all this time now, um, <laughs> whether we're working from home or we're already solopreneurs or entrepreneurs, there's a preponderance of free time to self-reflect and you know, dig deep down inside and find out what's super, what's really important to you. And mm -hmm. if you can make a living pursuing that, right? And I think that's what happens when there's a recession. We, you know, we find that that spark, that moment where, you know what? Screw this. Maybe this was a huge mistake working for this company because clearly 
they weren't ready for this recession. They didn't have their act together enough to prevent this from happening, for to prevent all these layoffs. And so you just start racking your brain. You start thinking. And I also think, especially now, because this quarantine is different than 2008, right? I mean, that's fair. It's yeah. very different. There's a it's quarantine very- going on. Now, now, it's not a true quarantine. A quarantine, by its definition, means you can't leave the four walls that you're in. Mm-hmm. That's not the case here. You can go to grocery shop. You can go to you know certain places. You can go to work if it's an essential uh, place. But you can go for runs every day now, maybe twice a day. You can do yoga. You can lift. You can play the guitar or learn to play the guitar. You can sit down and write like you've never written before. You can launch a video podcast. Yes, exactly. I mean, this is amazing. Seriously, this is really remarkable. And I, I, I. I aspire to be able to do this Carrie, at some point. Carrie, I'm on a run. You thought you thought that when I did the book, you thought I couldn't go any anymore. You didn't think I had another level. Oh no, 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 no. I've known you too long. <laughs> I know when you when you you're like a dog on a bone. And that's that's great. And that's why you're successful. And that's why everybody should read the book and they should, you know, to listen to this conversation and be a part of this conversation because this is our moment. This is it. And we're gonna look back 10, 15, 20 years. And we're going to look at another list, right? And it's it's not going to be Uber, you know, or Instagram or Airbnb. It's going to be your company or my company or whomever is tuning in to this moment, literally and figuratively. This is the opportunity to make your wildest dreams come true if you have those kinds of wild dreams. But then to your point, the book spells it out. Don't just dream, proceed and do it in a methodical manner. Because this is the question my father always used to pose to me. Is that guy smarter than you are? Is she smarter than you are? Probably not. They just said to themselves, this is what I want to do for a living. And now I'm going to find a lot of smart people around me and figure out what it's going to take to make that dream a reality. And and it sounds corny because that's sort of the Amer- it's not just the american dream right you go to austria you go to europe you go to asia there are all kinds of entrepreneurs that have realized their dream of financial independence health and wellness for their family their friends you know philanthropy after they get to that certain point or even along the way where they give back this is our moment and we can sit and curl up in a ball and cry and feel sorry for ourselves, and we can criticize all the powers that be until you know, we're out of gas and we're out of breath. Or we can say, all right, this is what it is. There's nothing I can do about this other than stay in place, protect myself and my family, protect other people, heaven forbid, if I'm sick. And then every day, make a list. I got I got so many lists here, Alan. I got a list. Look at that. There you go. There's lists. What was that from? Oh, that's April 1st. And that's no fooling around. That's my list. What does it got on there? I probably did all that stuff on that list, including... Uh, yeah. Like, why does it say dye my hair on there? Why does it why did I see that? Stop dyeing my hair. Stop <laughs> How about the wave I've got going on up here? You work for the Amazing. wave. I mean you could surf and, on that bad boy. And by the way, the, the ad that I would add to that is this idea that uh, opportunity uh is abound, right? So not only do we not like sit around and feel sorry for ourselves and worry about but also look for these look for all the opportunity crevices that are gonna start opening up left and right. Yeah. Did, did anybody think, okay, Grubhub, right? There's a good example. 
Grubhub was a luxury, right? So True. restaurants, all pretty much all driven by entrepreneurs, right? Um, said, well, we got two. We ha- I, ha- I have one choice. I have to decide if I'm going to take an employee, have them come and send them out into the night. And they're either going to get tipped or they are going to get stiffed, right? They get tipped or they get stiffed. And then somebody said, no, no. What if the tip is built into the bill? And this is a person has nothing to do with the restaurant at all. They're just going to go ahead and pick up the food at the restaurant and take it to that, that customer. Well, now, I mean, wow, what's happening? I mean, Grubhub has become a necessity. Who right. knew? And right. you know what? We probably and we probably don't go back. Uh, you know, this is a new. Uh, this has now been infused into our new normal, right? So even when the economy comes back, we're all going to be much more comfortable with things like Instacart and Grubhub and other Absolutely. things. Absolutely. And and so this leads me to my question to you as a co-host, because you're really the moderator. You're the leader here, and that is, can we explore the answers, which were pretty uh, obvious, about the future? What's your take, Alan? Is this economy no. going to be one the same, two the same but a little different, or as the majority of the people participating in this conversation put it, very different? A lot different. So one thing I want to say before I answer that question, I want everybody to know that we want this show to be interactive. So we're going to anybody that wants to get in on this conversation. Uh, you click the little raise your hand icon at the lower right hand corner of the chat box and we're going to put you on shortly. Actually, if you have a question, we'll put you in the question queue. And if you raise your hand, we're going to put you on. We don't want to go more than 20, 30, 20, 25 minutes before we um, uh, before we um, turn on our callers to give us feedback, because this that's what's cool about this is we're going to get that feedback. Now, I'm going to take a quick time out, Carrie, because guess what? But we have a sponsor, man. What? We have a sponsor. Dude, um, so this is exciting. I, uh, so you know, I just launched. I just launched. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I had a moment. We, they actually wired me money, right? So we. Um, Wait, we. You can wire money. Yeah, it was PayPal, but it was I like a wire. My fiance. So, so we, um, we, we just launched this, like, I, first of all, the first week, you didn't, nobody saw it, but I went on by myself the first week and I was, I was exhausted after I did two of these shows because I had to carry the whole thing myself. I was like, I had to, you know, get creative. I said, this is ridiculous. So the second week, uh, I said, I'm going to book speakers to help me carry the freaking show and actually make, get people more reason to show up than just me giving some kind of lecture that some kind of yeah. something out of my professor bag. Right. And then the first week I had my very first speaker, Carrie, you've spoken to my USF class. And I had um, I had to reach out to my very good friend, Rich Horesca, who spoke to my very first USF entrepreneurship class uh, four years ago and asked him for the honor if he'd be my first guest speaker. And we did that. And he was on bad internet and it was a, it was a madhouse, but we did record it and we put published it on YouTube. And then, uh, and so this is really week two, right? But yeah. I wanna talk about, we, we have a sponsor. We have a freaking sponsor. So, so I know it's hard to believe. So here's the deal. So our sponsor, a lot of you guys may have, have seen this. I'm actually going to, you know what I'm going to do? This is going to be fun. I'm going to actually share my screen and show you guys what it looks like. Um, let's see if I can do this. Allow. 
Let's see. There we go. And okay. Let's see if everybody can see this. Can everybody? Uh, oh, there we go. Secure startup controlled information distribution. Manage your startup docs from NDA to deal. Here, read that one right there for me. Okay. Direct and know who sees what and when. Startups mm -hmm. seeking investment will have hundreds of documents to manage from your D NDA, <laughs> which your DNA. DNA. <laughs> and one right. key to business plans, term sheets, and deal sheets. We know. We've been there. So we built a simple-to-use startup document management platform that gives you the control over your documents, who sees what document, when, allows for multiple revisions of documents, and provides a record of views, downloads, and access. Boom. A professional voiceover artist uh, just uh, opened that up. So, so here's the thing. I'll, I'll, I'll cut it to this. So, you know, my day job, part-time day job, is I run uh, investor relations for one of the largest tech accelerator, startup accelerators in the country right here in Tampa Bay. And I run investor relations for that for that organization. And so what we do is we help startups get funding in the millions per startup, right? And so we are always struggling with documents. Just this week, I had to do a DocuSign on an NDA. So what all of our founders struggle with a good, even uh, clean pro, uh, platform for sharing their NDA, all of their financials, all of the confidential information that they have that they are, are organizing around their startup they need to share that to investors, but uh, but invest. But they need to not only share that to them under confidentiality, but they also need to be able to have them uh, control and make sure that only the right people are seeing that document. They can't have uh, potential investors or sometimes fake investors. So you don't always know what you're dealing with with that community. Uh, make sure that it's only for their eyes only. And so that's what Secure Startup does. It gives you a one-stop platform. This was designed by founders for founders. Um, so that they really have control and they can really control their um, their documents. So, but it actually works on both sides. It works together between investors and startups. So, Secure Startup. This is a this is a Tampa Bay based startup, um, and so I really want to support them. And they've done a great job with this. And uh, Art has been really supportive of the whole the podcast and so forth. Um, check out Secure Startup. You're going to see a link at the end of the program for that. Um, next up. We will go, I want to put a quick shout out to this organization called Global Hack, which is my friend um, Cal Tiger, which is in the Pinellas County. Um, he's signed on with this global crisis where we're dealing with, but this idea that let's unite all the programmers and hackers of the world to try to solve big problems. Hey, Kerry, read this one for me, if you will, about Global Hack. Absolutely. How it works. The Global Hack is an online hackathon designed to share and rapidly develop ideas for urgently needed solutions in the face of the current crisis, as well as to build resilience post-pandemic. Our prize pool for the best ideas is 120K euros. The global hack has already drawn attention across the globe, covered by Forbes, Silicon Republic, CNN, among others, and brought on board a fleet of world-class mentors, such as Sam Altman, CEO of OpenAI, former president of Estonia, Thomas Hendrik Ives, and Kalia, public health specialist and a neurotechnologist. Right. I put you, that was a real tricky challenge right there. So anyway, this is just a really big uh, initiative where we're trying to solve 
we're trying to unite all of the programmers of the world to try to put really cool solutions to to kind of address this pandemic that we're in the middle of. And so my friend uh, Cal um, Tiger asked me to promote that. Okay, so now we are going to hop back into the firefight here, and I'm going to end sharing. Okay, so we are back. And Carrie, all right. Before we take, all right. Here's what I want everyone to do is oh cool cal you're on cnn as well great okay so do me a favor whoever wants to get in on this i'm going to talk for maybe five we're going to ask we're going to ask carrie to give his background for five minutes and then we're going to turn this over to uh to the group to interact with us because we want this to be a call-in interactive show right so carrie okay let's do five minutes to your background um everyone read your bio already you're the ceo of siesta films siesta key films i'm sorry um, you're a writer, producer, two-time Emmy award-winning. Um, you also are a professional voiceover artist, uh, as demonstrated, but also you do stand-up comedy and real comedy clubs occasionally and get paid for it. So, but somehow you look- You haven't looked, left anything out, that's it. <laughs> but here's the thing, you somehow you look- Hold on, uh, you look, Hold on. <laughs> Yeah, can you bring, no, Carrie, bring those forward. No, 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 bring those forward. I, no, Carrie. Carrie, bring no, 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 bring those go. forward. I want, no, I want them right here. I want them right here. There you go. Okay. All right. A little, hard, a little okay. hard work. Good. Where do you want them? Here. Yeah. Here. So sure. good. Yeah, that that's when perfect. They start fighting. They get angry at it. No, it's fine. It's all right. It's not that all big right. a deal. It's not. Okay. It's really not. So here's. The, I want to cut right. I want to cut right to some questions for to get the stimulation of this conversation started. What do you feel are the benefits? Okay, so you're a solopreneur, entrepreneur. You you've had some corporate career. You you're actually are on air at HSN multiple times a week. I didn't mention that in your bio. Twice are today. You? Twice today. You're on today. Twice today. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're so on what's home. happened at HSN is really fascinating. Yeah, mm -hmm. what's happening at HSN is really fascinating. They got to a point where they said, "We're still going to have a crew, a skeleton crew. We're still going to have our full-time on-air hosts." But our guest experts and our, you know, vendor guests and our designers, jewelry designers, clothing designers, our experts in uh, home, you know, and uh, electronics, we can't have them in the studios anymore. We just can't do it. And so they basically said, hey, can you Skype? Can you Skype from your living room? Can you Skype from your kitchen? Can you Skype from your backyard? Hey, hey Karen, real quick, Skype, just real quick, Skype is so 2015. Right. Right. Well, can you call in? Well, yeah, we've, they've been using all kinds of formats, right? Obviously, they're using WebEx and all these other formats. Can you can you dial in with a video presentation? And if you can't, can you call in and still add something to the presentation? So that's what I've been doing. Thank goodness to my gorgeous fiance. She works the iPhone, you know, iPhone 11 Pro. And we broadcast live from our kitchen or from our dining room table or from our living room and we're selling almost the same amount of products without having to go physically into the studio which is a harbinger of what i think is is coming and i think everybody agrees that the economy is going to be very very different and this very is a, you know an example of it but here's my quick bio started yeah. with armed forces radio and television i was a kid from long beach long island i grew up uh, son of two school teachers and um when i was in the marine corps i worked a pretty boring job it was almost like being in the mail room 
right? So I had a top secret clearance, which seems cool, but it wasn't. And I was a communication center operator. And in the Marine Corps, as we always have in the armed forces, you have an MOS, which is a military occupation specialty. And mine was a 2542. And I had a top secret clearance, blah, blah, blah. I get to Japan, I get off the plane, and I hear some guy going, you're listening to the Far East Network, serving you while you serve in the Pacific. And it was like getting hit by lightning. Because I asked myself, hey, that's this guy's job? Get out of town. He plays records and entertains everybody that's serving in the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines in Japan. And that's exactly what I intended to do. And the thing I'm really proud of, as far as when I look at my career from 30,000 feet, is the things that I identified I, that I really, really wanted to do, I just set my mind to do them. And they turned into real jobs. And, and it wasn't, you know, I didn't go to any private schools. I didn't go to the Ivy League. I uh, didn't grow up with any money. My, my parents were public school teachers. It was nothing more, nothing less than, I don't know. I just, this, this idea that I, this is what's going to happen. Failure is not an option. And I know that sounds really cliche, but that set the tone on that mission. I mean, come on. It was Apollo 13. They could have skipped. They could have said, you know what? Let's not do it. There are hotels that don't even have a 13th floor. And I'm like, ah. And yet, when that commander said that, and of course, Tom Hanks is famous for, you know, that line, but failure just wasn't an option. We weren't going to lose three astronauts and with like vacuum cleaner hoses and they figured it out. And that's what I did. And I rode a bicycle up to the top of this hill and I started pounding on this door. You've heard the story. And finally the door opened. And then fast forward, I was on the radio. My, you know, my commanding officer thought it was a joke. There's no way you're going to do that for the rest of your time here in Japan. And yet I did because I did some other things that set me up to make that possible. And then I so went that was hand- the, so that was the, fir- yeah, that was the first thing you banged on the door to get into that you didn't have any experience, but you just were determined to do. And I'm going to fast forward the tape because the next thing that you decided, like, you're about to talk about in the Hamptons, you decided you wanted to be on stage in a comedy club, but they don't just hand out a pass to say, get on stage at the comedy club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So I spent six years honing my craft on the radio. And I I learned from the best. I was really fortunate. Um, A gentleman by the name of Paul Lockwood had worked at CBS News. He had this incredible voice. And he was the voice of the CBS evening news on the radio and then eventually was asked to write for dan rather back then he didn't want to do it he was recovering from colon cancer he and his wife had a house in the hamptons she his wife had a little antique store and he said this is it i'm going to close out my career working for this wacky young guy who just got out of the marine corps not working for me working with me and so he was the news guy i was the funny dj guy and i played the music six years later it was just inevitable i needed to go to new york and to your point, I waited tables at two different restaurants. And, event, and, and so I got this job at this restaurant. And I said to myself, all right, I'm going to do this for one year. And if it doesn't work out, I'll go back to the Hamptons where I was a big fish in a small pond. Sure enough, I got a job at the comic strip. Now, for those of you that don't know, and you can Google it, the comic strip is where Jerry Seinfeld, Eddie Murphy, Adam Sandler, people that may have, you may have heard of Paul Reiser and George Wallace all started there. They all started there. To audition there, 
It was twice a year, and it went around the block on the Upper East Side of Manhattan twice. <laughs> That's how hard it was to get on that stage. So I did the math in my head, and I said, let me just get a regular job there. Sort of come in that way, right? Come in the back door. And you work the I, ticket, the ticket booth. <laughs> so, yeah. So I walk in the door. There's a bunch of construction going on. The phone is ringing off the hook. And I said, I'm looking for a job, waiter, bartender. I don't care. But the phone keeps ringing, keeps ringing, and keeps ringing. Now, I spent six years in radio and I know a little bit about radio promotions and I know a lot about sales because I work directly with all the account executives. I was also the production director. So I conceived, wrote, and produced a lion's share of all the commercials that generated all the revenue for the radio station. And that phone ringing off the hook was a problem. And I knew it immediately. And so I said, I, I walked out. This is the second time I did this. I did this at the radio station in Japan. I left and I turned around. And I said, no, go back. You're not done yet. Go back. I opened this giant door back up and I went and said, hey, that phone keeps ringing off the hook. Do you want me to answer it? Because I guarantee you they want to get a ticket to this place and I can close them on getting a ticket to this place. And then the owner popped his head out and he goes, who the hell are you? And then this other guy came out and he's like, you were in the Marine Corps? Can I say I mentioned that? So I got a job at the comic strip on Fridays from noon until 6 p.m. for $60, $10 an hour, cash. And within two weeks, they gave me Saturday night. Within three weeks or four weeks, they started to see an uptick. Because all I was doing was having fun with people on the phone. I was just treating it like this, like a radio show. And I was being silly. I was doing stupid voices. I was like, hello, I do not know who you are. I am just here fixing something. I don't know what to And they would laugh. Then they started coming into the club asking for me. So fast forward a year, year and a half later, I finally auditioned, I passed, and I became a comedian there. I also booked a voiceover agent and started landing national voiceover spots and started landing national on-camera commercials and eventually went out to L.A., came back to New York. And so I parlayed that into a really fun voiceover and on-camera career, but it was nothing more, nothing less than Failure. Tenacity, tenacity, determination. So, Carrie, I'm going to fast forward you before we turn it back. I'm going to turn on some microphones here shortly, by the way, because, cool. you know, we are oh, going to do that. Um, before we, yeah, we, Simplify. Thank you very much, Luke. So before we turn this thing over to the folks on camera, and by the way, you have an option. You can go audio only or you can go for the brave, only for the brave. They can go camera. Just so you know, Carrie. Go camera. Okay. <laughs> Go First camera. Thing, I'm take my shirt off if you guys no, are no, ready no, for no, that. No, 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 no. Okay. So here's my question to you. Okay, because I want to really set the tone here. So we're in a difficult time in this economy. We're all upside down. Yep. So what? Because by the way, I'm going to skip like 15 years here because you know you've 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 always got three or four side hustle. Uh, homepreneur, solopreneur projects going to different. I mean, you're writing a movie script. Let's don't get into that right now. But I really want to put some inspiration out to folks in terms of whether they're in a job, lost a job, or maybe soon to lose a job, um, how they can assess their talent. Because first of all, there's there's not a lot of investor. Like, what advice would you give someone who's been in a job or who's like like how they could start becoming a solopreneur or a homepreneur? Zoom out for a second. They, you were their coach. You were their mentor. Where would you start? I'd write right here. What's in your heart? What is it that you really, really get excited about? 
for me, all the way back to when I was a kid and I appeared in Wizard of Oz and I was eight years old and my mom dressed me up as the lion and I just did this impression from the movie and I looked down and this parent of one of the other kids in the play was falling over in, onto the ground. He was laughing so hard and I just, I got so excited that I made an adult laugh that hard. And I was hooked and I, I just wanted to entertain people. And it just made me so happy. And to this day, I have to say, um, paychecks are great. Uh, voiceovers are really cool and fun. But doing stand-up really gets me excited. And, and this is a time for me right now where I'm focusing in on my Netflix special, you know, my HBO special. I'm writing it every single day. I'm in a new world now. There's a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old in my home. And I was single forever. And I'm madly in love with this woman. And I, I get it now that relationships are really funny. And so that's what I'm working on. And so I would say to somebody, find out what's in your heart, right? But also be honest with yourself, right? And it starts having been an athlete with the notion that, okay, I'm not going to play shortstop for the New York Mets. I got the audition. I got the tryout. I didn't make it. My brother went on to play pro ball. That's cool. But it was clear to me, you know, that, all right, you're in the you're in the Marine Corps. Now you're getting out of the Marine Corps. You talked your way onto the radio. This is ultimately what you really wanted to do. I want to be Johnny Carson. You know this, Alan. I love Johnny Carson growing up, and he actually started with Armed Forces Radio and Television, like a lot of broadcasters. So, look at the things that really make you happy. Then look across the landscape and find people that make a living doing those things that make you really happy. And then be honest with yourself. Now, if it's an artistic endeavor, you have to be honest with yourself. Can you really play the guitar that well? Play the guitar for some other people. Sing for people. Say, oh, I'm going to make a living as a singer. Okay, well, you should sing for people. And you should ask them, to be honest, because we've watched, we've all watched American Idol. And the person walks up there, and oh, my mom says I'm great. My dad says I'm great. My friends say I'm great. And then they sing, and they can't sing, right? So be honest with yourself understand what's in your heart, but what your limitations are, what your assets are, and how you can, you know, manifest those assets into something real. And then find people that are already doing it for a living and seek their counsel. That's what I would say. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay. I, I've got other questions here, but I want to uh, take a moment here to uh, get some uh, get some input from our, uh, our our listeners and and so thank you, Carl, for that. Develop a marketable skill. Hey, Carl, have you been there from the beginning? Just curious. Let me just throw that in there. Oh, Ahmad, you're writing right now, and I'm telling you, Ahmad, I was just getting ready to turn on your microphone. <laughs> Ahmad says he loves those insights. Um, okay. Somebody raise their hand, um, if you don't mind. Okay, Cameron. Hey, Cameron, are you up for it? Because if you're up for it, I'm going to turn on your mic right now. Here it comes. You you raise your hand. Let's do it. Cameron, your mic is live. It's hot. It's hot. Hot mic. Cameron, you there? All right. Some of these guys aren't ready. Who else is? Who's ready? Raise your hand. Let's do it. Ahmad, don't make me turn your microphone on. Don't make me do it, because here it comes. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is Cameron. 
Hey, Cameron, good. Good, good, good. Hey, Cameron. <laughs> Hi, sorry about that technical difficulties. Hey, no first and foremost, um, Alan, uh, read your book, really big fan. Um, thanks oh, for doing this. Thank you. Uh, Carrie, I wanted to uh, talk to you or ask a question in regards to, um, to going about risk. So I was kind of dis displaced by COVID-19. I'm no longer working and I have decided to take this step and uh, go out and do my own thing. Um, it's just like, like you guys were kind of discussing previously, the, the window's open and I'm just going to seize it. But I was wondering if maybe you could speak to um, maybe the aversion to risk that some people feel in doing something like this and going out on your own and doing your own thing and kind of what you do to overcome that, what maybe you mentally prep yourself for as an entrepreneur to kind of take that step outside of the norm of going from a regular nine to five or going from a regular corporate environment to doing your own thing and just getting over that. I, I wouldn't, I mean, it's fear is definitely a good descriptor for, it, but maybe just, uh, just being out there doing your own thing. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cameron, it's a great question. And um, I've gotten it. That's a brave. Before. That's a brave man, Carrie. That's a brave man right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And um, okay. So um, I ha I think early success is good, and everybody has early successes. You have them, Cameron. You just have to look back objectively at your life and your career. There was somebody that you were interested in, and you were terrified to say hello to them, but you did. Right? You were probably really scared at a certain job interview, but you got the gig. Yeah. Right. So it's there. It's already inside you. What I like to think in this regard is, um, okay. So I get back from Japan. I'm out of the Marine Corps. I got my honorable discharge. I got, I got my college in there and I decided to stay with my dad for a couple of days. And I'm going to look at the radio stations in Westchester County, which is north of Manhattan, mm. sleep on the couch, my younger brother's in high school. And I, I have a motorcycle and I probably have $1,700 in the bank. And I go into the first radio station and I sit in the lobby for probably two hours. I have no appointment, <laughs> none, okay? <laughs> no idea what I'm doing. I'm making this up as I go along. Finally, the receptionist says, actually, the uh, program director has a minute and he's, he's happy to see you. And I walk in there, I tell him my story. He pops this cassette. I don't know if you guys remember what a cassette is into this machine, presses play and he listens to it. No expression on his face. And he says, wow, this is, this is tough for me. I don't have any gigs for you. You're obviously very talented. The resume looks good. Don't give up. Keep going. There are hundreds of radio stations in the metropolitan New York area and just keep going. And maybe someday our paths will cross again because you're really talented. <laughs> Went to the second radio station. Same thing. I don't have any jobs. Um, I, you know, I thought I had a weekend thing. It's four hours on a Sunday. You probably don't need that or want that. You probably need a full time job. But that was just filled by somebody who used to work here. So I went back home and <laughs> my dad is a, a school teacher, right? And he wants the best for me and he wants to protect me and keep me safe and doesn't want me to deal with rejection. And he says, grab a beer, Kara. And he pours himself a scotch and I sit down and he says, Carrie, do you know no one, no one makes a living in show business? <laughs> and I said, dad, we just went to a movie last night and I stopped counting all the people that were on the credits. 
I don't believe they worked pro bono on that movie. Not to mention all the, he said, Carrie, they all went to Ivy League schools or they grew up in that world. They all know everybody. It's very nepotistic. You don't have a shot. And I was like, I don't think that's true. And I don't necessarily want to be the next Bruce Willis or anything like that. I just want to make a good living, maybe in radio, maybe in TV. If that comes my way, great. He, and then he looked at me and said, listen, have you ever thought about a career in the law enforcement? <laughs> I was so high during this conversation. <laughs> I had just smoked a jay. <laughs> I was like, who are you? You know what? I talked my way out of the radio in Japan. This is me. I, I'm, I'm not going to stop until I get a job on the radio. It's not true about the, the high thing, but anyway, I thought it was funny. But, <laughs> but what happened was I got pissed, Cameron. Mm -hmm. And and I'd always been competitive with my father because he was an athlete. And when I turned 12 and beat his ass in tennis, and I asked him, did you sandbag or did I beat you? And he said, no, you beat me. I said, you damn right I did because you can't handle my serve. Mm -hmm. And I beat him every single time. And then I started sandbagging myself because I didn't want to piss him off, you know. But it girded me. Is that the right word? It made me stronger. I'm like, I'm going to show dad. Well, you can show yourself. You can use any and every piece of rejection as armor. And the more you get rejected, the stronger you become. And I'll give you an example. I became a commercial actor. What does that mean? I auditioned for voiceovers and TV commercials. Okay, do you know what the, the return is on that, Cameron? No. 10%. Wow. Maybe maybe five. That means for every one commercial that I book, I have to go on 10. It actually wasn't. It was probably 2%. For every 100 auditions I went on, I booked two jobs. Wow. Holy shit. That's a lot yeah. of rejection. But then you book one job and it's worth $100,000. Mm. Yeah. And you're thumping your chest, walking around, and everybody's so proud of you. And then there you are on national television. And my mom's at the bank going, oh, did you see my son? He's in the biz commercial. It's on a lot. He's doing really well. <laughs> and the residuals just keep coming to the mailbox. And now I know I got another hundred to go. So then all these other moments of rejection don't mean anything to me. I'm bulletproof. And that's what you have to become, Cameron. Bulletproof. Because these rejections, they do define you. Okay. If you look at them as, huh, that's yesterday. I'm going forward. This isn't what I was meant to do. Because we've all had really bad jobs. Yeah. Alan and I worked for a guy who's not anyway, but we had a team. <laughs> we had a team that was amazing, but we had one guy who screwed up for everybody. We have to, you know, and every once in a while over a beer, we'll go, oh gosh, that could have, but it's ancient history. It's ancient yeah. history. And you, you have to throw, okay, here's my other philosophy. Do you, do you know the artist Jackson Pollock? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So can you imagine how the art world thought of Jackson Pollock at first? Hold on a second, Jackson. Oh, slow, slow down. I know you're excited, Jackson. I know. But you can't just throw paint. Right. <laughs> Throwing paint at the wall. Are you, do, what kind of disease? Do you, what, uh, drink, are you drinking? Are you on drugs? Like, just, no, stop. Wait, why? You keep throwing it. Jackson, slow down. I'm your agent. I know the art world. 
I know inside you there's this talent. And he was like, no, no, trust me. This is the next best thing. <laughs> and of course, the guy made tens of millions of dollars, was in every museum on the planet, because eventually, after throwing all that stuff against the canvas, when you stood back, you had something magnificent. Yeah. Carrie, I want to add to that. So, that's you, so, Cameron. So Cameron, yeah, I wouldn't say that same thing. You know, you talked about fear and you've been in a corporate job. The, my best way of summing that up is to say, number one, you know, you, you only get one life, right? Mm -hmm. And if you really ever want to have a shot at true freedom in your life, to be able to make your own schedule and to work the hours you want to work, and even have a shot at wealth, true like opportunity for you know wealth for your family and yourself. Um, there's there, there really is only one path that pays off in freedom and wealth, and that is entrepreneurship. Mm. I don't. There's no corporate. I don't care how high you rank, you you rise the ranks of corporate. Uh, you definitely don't get freedom, and and maybe if you're lucky, you get you get wealth if the stock and everything just works out just right. And by the way, a big salary is not wealth. Gary, right? A big no, salary. No, not. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, right. I'm, I'm, as, I'm, a, I'm as wealthy at this moment, Alan, as I've ever been in my life. Am I terrified right. about getting sick? Do I know yeah. where the money's coming from? Will they ever make a movie out of my screenplay? Will my TV series get, but I'm working out every day. I'm madly in love with this woman. I'm writing every day. I'm doing this right now. Right. I'm, you know, and yeah. I'm getting my own schedule. So, so that's my message to Cameron is when I talk about yeah. wealth, I'm talking about the monetary wealth, right? And of course right. there's relationship wealth and all these other, and there's, there's, there's spiritual and psychological wealth. I'm talking about monetary wealth that people that make a big salaries, uh, ultimately, ultimately their lifestyles have caught up with those salaries. So the only people I know, and by the way, I do investor relations for one of the biggest startup accelerators in the country, right? right. I work nothing with nothing but with high net worth individuals, right? Guess what? They all, came from um, entrepreneurship uh, roots, right? So there's only one way. I mean, I cannot stress this enough. I really cannot. It's, it, and I definitely talk about it. But there's only, there's only one path. And nobody, I dare anybody to challenge me on this. There's only one path to freedom as in time, time, freedom of time, and, and, and wealth as in uh, millions of dollars in the bank. There's only, there's only one path, and that is entrepreneurship, owning a business, building a business, creating a business is the only way to do that. And by the way, you can do that small. This, the world, the, our US tax code and all of our economy is geared towards home, towards business ownership, right? So for example, business owners get to write off their boat. They get to write off uh, trips to interesting places. With their, they get, there's a lot of tax benefits to home to business ownership, right? Sure. Um, and, and so, so there's, those are kind of the tax benefits, but ultimately put that aside, the bottom line is if there's only one way to accumulate time, extra time that you can use, and there's only one way to accumulate wealth as in money. And that is through entrepreneurship and home and through business, business Agreed. ownership. Right. Yeah. Well said. So I want to put that out there to you. It's like, so, so if you get up in the morning and you and you feel a little fearful because of the job and all that stuff. And no matter what kind of hardship that might be upon you now or might be upon you in the near future, you just got to put that in your mind and go, you only get one life. You're going to be 50, 55, 60 before you know it. And guess yeah. what? Um, whatever's in your bank account by way of money and by way of and whatever available freedom of time you have is going to be a direct correlation of uh, whatever your entrepreneurship endeavors are. Mm.
Very good. Okay. All right, cool. Hey, um, um, thank you so much uh, for thank that. You. Thank you. Um, we're going to move on to another. We've got a couple other uh, callers here waiting to get in on it. And uh, if that's all right, Cameron, is that cool? All right. So, Cameron, I'm going to uh, I'm going to put Ahmad on. So, Ahmad, I think you're you're on, brother. Might be a little bit of a lag. We find typically there's a little bit of lag, so let's give it that 20 seconds. <laughs> Ahmad. And by the way, I know Ahmad. Ahmad was one of my star students in my very first semester, and he came to my class already with a successful business that he had already set up to run without him, and he was already working on his in real estate investments, and the young man was like 22 years old. Ahmad, are you out there? Ahmad, your microphone's turned on. You are live. So Ahmad. I'm going to think you're coming okay. in. Ahmad, where are you, brother? Hang in there. Usually there's a little bit of lag and it comes in. Ahmad, are you there? Don't make me unlock your camera. I want to join the Ahmad squad. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Ahmad, you there? Let me make sure that we've got everybody we need. Okay. Ahmad, you're on mobile. I see that, right? All right, who else do we got? While we're waiting, let's talk to Carl. Because Carl, by the way, Carl is my man. He's my number one man. And um, he always uh, shows up strong for me. In fact, he and I had a long conversation over the weekend. And uh, let me go ahead and turn Carl on. So, Carl, there's going to be a little bit of lag. I just turned your microphone on. Let me hear you now. Yeah, there you are. Hey, Carl. Hey, you guys doing? By the way, real quick time out, Carrie. We have celebrity amongst us. Carrie, you don't understand. You don't understand. You do not understand. This man. I don't understand. Um, this, okay, Carrie, just brace yourself. Hold on to your seat, okay? This man knew the original founder of Auto Trader. Are you listening? Oh, wow. Yeah. Personal friend and knew the man of Auto Trader, which was founded right here in Clearwater, Florida. The man who built the building. That you and I love and know so well, right? Uh, at ICOT Center, a oh, studio. Okay. Oh wow! With the cool. weird, with the weird apartment in the in the in the fire pole, right? Sure. That you and I. Yep. So that was the auto trader founder that Carl knew personally, came up under and uh, and worked for, did ventures with. Not only that, but Carl knew the founder of Publix, uh, Mr. Jenkins personally. Wow. And he knew the auto trader founder personally. He's a Clearwater Pinellas living legend. Carl, you're on. Sorry. Uh, okay. I I that, I'm sorry. I have to brag. I have to brag on you, Carl. Please forgive me. Okay. I think you're boosting me a little bit. I'm going to have to sit lower in my seat here. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, actually, in that same building you're talking about, I was there before construction. He had the office inside before he had anything else, including the studio. And he hired me as a business developer and an idea person, which was great because he had plenty of money. And this was after Auto Trader, obviously. But to make a comment on the hey, um, Carl, Carl, real quick, quick, how much did he sell Auto Trader to Comcast? How much well, did he sell? It, uh, no, he sold it to. Um, uh, if you hadn't said Comcast, could have told you the people who own um, uh, Valpac. Um, I can't think of their names. Cox Broadcasting. Cox. Uh, oh. But uh, it's estimated between 150 and 200 million dollars. 
And uh, he started way, off. Quick, 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 that's a lot of freedom and a lot of money, a lot of wealth and a lot of freedom. It's It was a, a ton of that. And uh, he actually started that out of um, being pissed off at St. Pete Times because they wouldn't listen to his idea about doing the same thing in the St. Pete Times. And he walked out and said, you know, screw them, I'll do it myself. So, but to comment on, you know, the topic of what you guys were talking about, um, I, you know, I did put in there, find a marketable skill. Obviously, if you're not, don't have a marketable skill, it's going to be very difficult. And there are a lot of artists that are struggling and there are a lot of actors that are struggling. But the other thing is, is it depends on how bad you want it. Okay. I think the only difference between success and failure is up in your head. Okay. It's in your mind. And to me, it's more about the trip than it is the destination. I mean, if you're here, doing here. it, if you're in doing it and enjoying it and somebody rejects you, screw them. Okay. Just exactly. go on, go on to the next one. Because, um, I mean, I, I think I, I told Alan, I do um, workshops on sales and marketing and success. And I have, I tell people I've probably spent over $350,000 in mistakes and rejection. And I've probably made that many mistakes. And I have learned from every one of them. Now, keeping it real about what you want to do if you want to be successful, because it's a scary thing getting out of a secure J-O-B, meaning just over broke. Getting wait out of that. for it. Okay, wait for it. Did you catch that? Yep. I like it. You caught it. What J O B stands yeah. for? I got it. What does J O B what does J O B stand for, Kerry? What? What does J O B stand for? Just over broke. Yes. Just over broke. Thank you. I want to make sure you caught that. Yeah, because when you work for somebody else, they, they can't keep you if you make a lot of money because then you you get bigger than they do. So they always have to make sure you make less than they do. But there's, but we need those people. Don't get me wrong. Um, my point is, is that if you have the will and the drive, and your failure is not an, you know, failure is not going to be something you want in your life. You might have to go empty garbage cans. You might have to get a side gig. You might have to get something to fund your passion, and then you feel a little bit more secure. Because if you don't and you continually failing and not being able to pay your bills, you're going to end up back in a job. So you got to be real about it. At the same time, be passionate about it because there's a lot of people out there that are passionate about a lot of things that you better enjoy the trip because the destination may not be there. Okay. But, um, and I don't mean to be a downer with that. You just got to be real about it. But the thing is, is that if you want it bad enough and you have a marketable skill and you know, it's a marketable skill, screw anybody that tells you you don't. Um, you know, um, who was it? Uh, um, Colonel Sanders. I think it was 78 times he got rejected on his recipe. What if he just stopped right. on the 77th one? Mm -hmm. Jeez. Wow. That's a great okay. Point. And, and, you know, and he didn't get that until he was um, like 65, 67 is when he finally made it. And yeah. uh, I mean, he was cooking chicken By out way, of it. Henry, Henry Ford, Henry Ford was in his fifties. Oh yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of them that do that. I mean, I'm older than water and twice as weak and I'm still trying, you know, and, and um, you know, it's just, I just keep going. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see myself stopping ever because I'm enjoying the trip. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you want to, I don't have white pillars in front of my house or a huge yacht, you know, that kind of thing, but I enjoy what I do. Um, and but Carl, but Carl I'm going to brag on you again. I'm going to brag on you again. You don't have to be specific, but you've got um, you've got a passive income stream through a oh, product. Yeah. Carrie, I'm going to tell you about this more offline. Um, 
Carl found a, a product that actually did well on HSN and he ended up striking a deal with the producers so he could be the North American producer for this product. And that was many years back and he still has mailbox money. You mentioned mailbox money, Carrie, earlier, right? Yeah. You know, mailbox sure. money. Carl, who I know personally, has mailbox money from a product that all he does, by the way, Carrie, all he does is forward orders because he's the he's the designated yeah. North American wholesale distributor. And and sure. they and so he yeah, and he forwards it to the, the producers and uh, he gets mailbox money. I'm sorry, Carl, I know you hate it when I brag on you, but honestly, so many people aspire to do um, to be able to pull off things like that. And then you know what that allows Carl to do? It allows Carl to go spend the time and money on the things that he really cares about other than forwarding orders for this product that he barely cares about, but it puts enough money and, and time in the plate so he can go do the things that he cares and he's passionate about. Yeah, if you can find if you can find a side gig, you don't have to like it. I always use the analogy that um, I like reading bumper stickers on the back of other people's cars, but I won't put one on mine because I really hate bumper stickers. But I love reading them on the back of other people's cars. If you give me ten thousand people that want a bumper sticker, I'll sell every one of them a bumper sticker. I don't have to be in love with it, you know. I don't have to love it, but right. that's because that's not my passion. That's that's fueling would fuel my passion. And so I've created a couple, uh, you know, kind of side gig type things that don't occupy a lot of my time that are almost automated. And I use that to fuel my passion because, I mean, I basically I do free business consults uh, for people who can't can't afford it. I do workshops for like 55 bucks and I buy them lunch. I mean, you know, that's not exactly a retirement program, but I enjoy doing it. And uh, yeah. so the one fuels the other. But you just have to find something. Number one, have a marketable skill which I think I do. And I um, um, have something that's going to support that passion. And then you make of it what you want to and screw anybody that tells you you can't do it. You know, Love it. Carl, that's beautiful. Screw, screw them if they don't believe in you. You got to believe in yourself. Um, hey, Ahmad, are you ready? Thank you, Carl, for that. And I'm going to see, right. um, see if we can get Ahmad turned on here. Um, I know, but he, I think he's going to his PC. Anybody else? Um, anybody else want to weigh in here with any uh, with any questions or comments? Okay, cool. Ahmad, you're turned on. You're turned on, brother. We're gonna give you a little delay on the lag. There you are. Good. Hear me? Yes. There you yeah, are. You. Oh, nice, beautiful. Ahmad. Wow. Yes, Ahmad. Carrie, thank you guys. I appreciate you all, Carrie. Beautiful insights. And um, love to hear your story, Professor Allen, my professor. You know, he he prepped us up all to be great aspiring entrepreneurs and current entrepreneurs. So I appreciate the both of you guys tonight. Um, definitely took away some key points, like no matter what you're focusing on or facing in life, just stay strict and directed towards the path that you want to accomplish. No matter how many no's you get, you just really are working for that one yes. And once you get that yes, you keep feeding success on success on success that builds that path to ultimate freedom, as some people would say. Um, did I catch yeah, the message? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, and Beautiful. Uh, Ahmad, the other thing I think is important too is that I, you, know, you hear so many people say this, surround yourself with like-minded people like yeah. we're doing tonight, right? So if you've got somebody in your life that says, oh, come on, Ahmad, you're a dreamer. That's never going to happen. 
you're not suited for that. You didn't come from the right family or the right, you didn't go to the right schools. You can still have a relationship with that person. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, yeah. be a total loner, but I, I don't have any time nor any inclination to spend any time with people that don't look at me as if I'm that guy that does what his heart desires. Right. Because my life says that I am. Right. My whole life, I've heard so many people go, oh, man, I've got this great idea for this screenplay. I'm going to write a screenplay <laughs> or I'm going to write a book in, you know, Alan's instance. And how many people do it? Zero, zero, one percent. I pulled this out of my desk. Like I've seen these in movies. I've seen these things in movies. They're thick. Yeah. They seem like a lot of work. Mm -hmm. A screenplay? What? Yeah. What did I do? I found an online course about how to write one. I yeah. read three books about the proper format. Yeah, it demystified the whole thing for me. Yeah. I latched onto a story that I could really relate to, and every day that I wrote was a ball. I wasn't getting paid a dime for it, mm -hmm. and I haven't sold it yet. But you know what? I'm like weeks away from getting the finance to make this bad boy. Congratulations! And it's really funny, and it's heartfelt, and it has an entrepreneurial story inside it, as Alan knows. Yes. So Ahmad, yeah. yeah, surround yourself with people that believe in you as much as you believe in yourself. And, and, and some of the th sometimes I'm going to tell you for for me specifically, like it's very difficult because I'm my work ethic. I love to work hard and make sure I accomplish certain things. So like, especially I know people are going to do challenges, but right before like the the coronavirus pandemic, um, you know, I'm in real estate now, Professor Allen. I heard him mention. And um, my goal was to buy properties off cash. So I hadn't needed to utilize any uh, financing. But just before the virus, I purchased another property. And here I am sitting with like, you know, less than $1,000 in my bank account. But um, it's, 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 it's these times. Ahmad, time I out, time like out. Just saying to Ahmad, time out. You need to take a, a screenshot of that bank account balance. Yeah. Take yeah. a picture of that, man. That is going to be epically valuable and famous right. for you the rest of your life you have been you have been blessed you have been blessed to have that bank account situation right now please 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 take a screenshot of that i will i will thank you thank you because for you know why you realize you're the blessing show, in it you're going to show that to people one day when you as you tell your story let me show you where i was let me show you what i was dealing with right yeah. um i've got a friend of mine who's very very successful he's a motivational speaker and he very he loves to pull out the, the his bank account. It shows like seven dollars or something in it. Now he's right. making millionaires, right? He's making yeah. millions, right? So this is a this is a a, a blessing. You should celebrate this bank account right now. <laughs> I will appreciate you uh, uh, showing me that perspective to see the blessing in this whole thing. And when it's all done, I, I mean. I, I've been pretty strong and confident, resilient enough to know that um, I'll get through this. But, you know, it is tough times. You learn a lot. You learn, like, especially I'm, I'm in the mid-late 20s now. So um, a lot of my friends, they're not in this wave and they're not on this. So I can't really speak to any of them about it. But, like, another thing you said was surround yourself with um, people that are successful in that field people that are going out and reaching for their best and that's what I try to do surround myself with much more experienced grown knowledgeable people that either I can relate to talk to or take something away from 
but I still have the other friends on the side and we connect on other levels. Right. Yeah. So, which is so Ahmad, Ahmad, I know you, I know you personally. And, um, and so I think that, uh, this is tremendous, tremendous opportunity for you to really, um, retrench in your character and retrench in your, in your determination. Right. So, so this is how you want to look at it. Like, you want to like you want to feast on this. You want to feast on this, and, and like and like ugh, you want you needed this, man. You needed this thing to happen to throw you against the wall onto yeah. the floor and just let that thing happen because now you can use that energy like a phoenix to to like fight back through it. Like Carrie mentioned earlier, right? You got to turn this. Like I'm telling you, there, success is, is success is numbing. Success is not energizing. Right, yeah. like yeah. being 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 knocked down is where energy comes from, right? So yeah. so lessens this up. So I'll share with you guys a little funny story. So the last few days, I've been uh, quarantining and working as hard as as much as I can, but um, I've been building up um, uh, strength and and con not just strength, but uh, mindset by watching The Godfather, the trilogy. So that's <laughs> <laughs> Right. Get your power from wherever you got to get it. Yeah, you you just don't know where you're gonna get. It. Everyone is different. For some, I mean, I was drawing last week. I did journal writing. I go to the lake sometimes, but a little bit of exercising and playing tennis and those things help me stay balanced. Um, Carrie, this one's for you. One of the last things I was gonna mention. So, Alan, Professor Alan knows my dream is to go to New York, invest big time, and and do real estate out there. Um, I left last year in January and I went and in a short time I did accomplish a good amount of things like I was able to meet some successful people. I worked under a woman where um, I was exposed to like some like penthouses in the city and so on. Wait, what? 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 I was I got exposed to some good people and um, for example like I, I started doing events with her at, at, at the, a penthouse next to the um, stock exchange Wall Street and things like that but um, to be honest the effort wasn't rewarded so like I like to work hard do things to the best I can and like I seen that when I got done, we rented it and she got like 12,000 for the efforts, but she just gave me a hundred dollars. And you know, in New York, going back and forth from the subway and doing all these errands and and whatever else is factored in a hundred dollars to like living in Orlando or, or Florida in general, that's like, that's like nothing, you know, like 20 bucks, 30 bucks. So I was little... I was a little upset and it changed my mind, but at the same time, I did have more opportunities back here in Orlando. So within that time, I just took it to myself. I came back, reevaluated. I got super busy here, invested in here and, and uh, grew out pretty further out here. But my dream, my heart, I wake up every morning and I still feel that flow, that direction to want to be out there. It's something that really still drives me, you know? And you being from New York, um, what what would what advice would you give to a young sport coming up in that way? Well, yeah, make, make make a ton of money here, and then go spend a nice three day weekend taking a Broadway show and come home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, That's so I, you know, I could I could do an hour on New York City. Yeah, um, and it's quote unquote the greatest city in the world. It well, is. have you been to, have you been to Paris? I have. 
pretty cool, right? It, Have you okay. been to yeah, San Diego? Is. Pretty cool. San Francisco is pretty awesome. Boston's amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can just you can list tons of cities. I mean, I love Austria. Prague is a pretty cool city. But at the end of the day, it's quality of life, right? And the yeah. quality of life in New York City is very, very tough. Yes. And you can you and we just associate New York City with penthouse apartments and houses in the Hamptons. And yeah. You can make six figures in Manhattan, and after the federal, state, and city taxes, there's nothing left. I, You're in a one-bedroom or studio apartment that costs $5,000 a month. There's nothing left over. You, you can't go to a really nice restaurant. You can't go to Broadway. There's no discretionary income left. No. But it just draws us there by, by its very nature, right? Because there's plan. just so much human energy. Yeah. Right. It's it's the cacophony of life. And you look up and look at these incredible skyscrapers and then you climb up into one and you go, oh, my God, this is amazing. Someone's like, like Vegas. Who wants oh. to live in Vegas? Nobody. Go there for two or three days and then come home. It's one of those deals. Now, the other, I want to go back to your earlier point. Yeah. And it's super important. And I hate to quote this guy, but it's just... Something I don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And I'm not. And I'm. And I'm not that good at it today. And and that is, Doctor Phil once said, (laughs) "We teach people how to treat us." Yeah. Right. So when I get a phone call, I get an email, or I get a recommendation from Alan or other friends. Hey, there's someone that has this product, and they're going to take it to HSN, and they don't know the first thing about home shopping, and I recommended you to them. Yeah. And they're going to call you. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to be very frank with them. And I'm going to say, here's what we're going to do. And here's what <clears throat> you could conceivably make. And yeah. here's what you're going to have to pay me to yeah. make that happen. Now, you can go to any number of other people to help you get on HSN. Or right. yeah. I wish you the best. But in that moment, and this is Alan used to say this to me. If you make a mistake, you have to rub your nose in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Like a dog. I can't, hey, I can't believe my dad's I can't believe my dad's sayings have like like carried on. My I did it. I I was on the air on HSN last night and I forgot one thing and I afterwards I said I gotta I gotta sit it for a second and I gotta understand. I missed that. I forgot to mention this. And that's a re, be, really big reason people buy this, you know, it was a vacuum cleaner, right? Yeah. It's it's not that's not important, but I stuck my nose in it for a while. And you have to own the fact that you didn't tell you didn't say to that woman. What, what 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 are we doing here? Oh, we're going to have this big presentation. We're going to try to do this, that, or the other thing. Right. And I want you to be there. Oh, and what's my role going to be? You're going to be this, that, and say, okay, and, and what's my end of this? Do I get a percentage of what you ultimately take, or am I going to get a fee? Because I have a day rate. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I'll give you an hourly rate or a day rate, or we can talk about a percentage. But that has to happen at the beginning. So you manage expectations. Yeah. And I've been there so many times where someone says, hey, listen, you know, I want you to do this voiceover for this amount of money. And I say, yeah, that's fine. And they, and then two weeks later, they go, hey, we need you to fix a bunch of stuff. Like, oh, <laughs> I'm happy to do that this one time. And right. then two weeks later, like, hey, can you re- record the whole thing? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what, it doesn't say anything. So, so <laughs> and obviously, that's where contracts come in. And that's where securestartup.com. Your friends, yeah, yeah, thank you. Hey, Carrie, 
Very Thank nice. Thank you for that sponsor plug. We care. We have a, a, a mod. You're gonna uh, take. You're gonna step back for a second. Yes. I have, Thank, I you think you. No, Thank you guys. No, you're the best, man. Thank you, the best. And we're gonna we're gonna talk again soon. Um, I have uh, Carrie. I have a business owner, very successful business owner, in uh, in the Texas area that I adore. Her name is Coco, by the way. And um, met her years ago. Her and her mom do they do interior decorating and they do an amazing job and I just adore this this woman. Her name is Coco Courtney Kerrigan, by the way, but I would call her Coco. I'm gonna throw her on mic because not only will she have a great question, but she'll also impart some tremendous wisdom every time I'm around her. And we're gonna throw this up and it, and then she even told me on text that she's like, you can tell me on video if you want. And I'm like, what? Okay, so here we go. So Coco. Uh, you're on audio only at the moment, and um, but I'm going to unlock your camera just in case you want to throw it up there. Because here's the thing. It takes true bravery, true entrepreneurship, true grit, and true bravery to throw yourself out there and join this conversation. you got to have all of it. you got to have everything. So here we go. Courtney. Yes! Woo! Woo! Wait, right. hold on. Can you hear me? Yes! Oh, yes! Yay! You look great, Courtney. You look great. Courtney, you, Courtney, Coco, you look great, by the way. You're you look great. I, nice met you to ten, see you. I met you 10 years ago, and you're like the same age as when I met you yep. 10 years ago. You are. You're let's, the same let's age. Not, let's, let's not talk about that. All right, Courtney, great, first of all, background on your business and how you uh, how you started it and the big leap you made, and, and give, give us the background on that. Well, I mean, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit for sure. And um, I mean, that's how uh, you and I met. And um, we, um, when I was a professional organizer and, um, mm -hmm. and then um, that changed for me. And I had the opportunity um, with the help of a divorce um, to, um, to do something different. And, um, and so I took everything I had and risked it and said, why not? Let's open a shop. And, um, and so that's what I did. And, um, and I literally put every cent I had into it. And I was at that point, a single mother of two little boys, one still in preschool, one in elementary. And, um, and I just knew that I could make something. Um, I wasn't sure what it was going to be. Um, it has morphed tremendously since we first started it. Um, and yes, I did ask my mother to join me. She wasn't really paying attention when she agreed to it. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, Just sign uh, this, Mom. Sign it right, right here. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> so we are, you know, we're mother daughter, but we're also 50, 50, um, business partners and, um, and we're very passionate about the business side of things. And, um, so we actually get asked to speak, um, when we go to conferences and whatnot for, cause I'm in the home, um, industry and we do, um, we have accessories and furnishings and lighting and all of that stuff. And, um, um, Coco, so, I, I have to interrupt. How the hell is your business being impacted by this right now? 
Oh, it sucks. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, we've, uh, we shut down, we've been shut down for three weeks and, um, and it was part of our second quarter plan to, um, to hire somebody to do a e-commerce website. So, um, I have building, been building an e-commerce website for the last three weeks by myself and I have no idea what I'm doing, um, but I actually am hoping to launch, um, launch part of the site um, before the end of the week this week and then um, hopefully the e-commerce portion of it next week. Um, right we now deliver, we just- We can deliver stuff to- I've let me tell you the people in my industry are the best and everybody wants to help everybody and you know we're all just schmucks trying to earn a living you know and um and so uh a lot of my vendors are willing to do uh free drop shipping for us and um right. you know I mean it, it's gonna the e-commerce is gonna have to evolve and change obviously I can't I can't, I have a lot of one of a kind stuff in my store. So that's not going to be on the website right now because I don't have access to it. And I, I'm just not ready for that yet. So, but I'm do, I've been working with vendors for the last three weeks straight who have product that I know I can list that I know I sell well already and that kind of right, thing. It's going right. to be a very curated yeah. website. So okay. it's not like I'm trying to be Amazon. Let me ask you a question, Coco, for this this podcast, this the, the spirit of this is to give inspiration and information and guidance for aspiring entrepreneurs out there that are either losing their job or, you know, potentially losing their job soon, but have the entrepreneurial mindset. What advice would you throw out there? Um, someone who's been through the wars. I mean, you have been through like the last five to eight years in the wars and you made the big leap. What advice would you throw out there to our uh, kind of our viewers, listeners right now? Well, um, <laughs> I like that. Wheel. Well, you know, I mean, seriously, no, really, this, like really, this no, time, really, like really, by the way, jobs are not, there's no such thing as uh, job security. Right. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm a little nervous, but, um, but here's the thing, I, I guess maybe it's just the way that I am, um, wired, wired. Mm -hmm. but, um, and my mother is the same way who would have thought, um, but we're the, we're identical. And we both had the same philosophy since this whole thing started that we will, we will be fine when this is over. We may not have a store, but we will be fine and we will evolve and Coco and Dash will continue in some way, shape or form. And, um, and that's yeah. scary. It's, it's really scary to think, um, you yes. know, I love my store and, and we're, we were right before all of this hit, we're at such a, there's so many big things that are about to happen for us that were in the works. And, this economy, and, this economy was so strong for so many of us. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, so break. I, yeah. So I, you know, I think we, uh, it sounds silly, but you just kind of have to have faith and, and keep, uh, you know, sh sh just keep going like everything's fine. And as soon as we can all leave our damn homes again, 
you just start back to work. I mean, I never quit working. I've been working from, from home. And, um, you know, so we're still talking to people on Instagram and, you know, I mean, people are still, and the really cool thing about my industry is everybody's been trapped in their homes for the last month. Right. They're all looking around going, what a dump. I need somebody to come <laughs> I, and help make me fix right. this up. So I'm right. hoping it's right, right? I'll get a ton of business when all of this is over. Yeah, I'm kind of, look, I'm looking at, Courtney, I'm looking at that tapestry thinking I want that in my bedroom. <laughs> thing is fantastic. Thank you. I'm in my dining room. This is my 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 mobile office here is my my dining room. I've completely taken it over. So I'm in an Uber right now. I don't know where we're going. That's <laughs> what it feels like, right? <laughs> where are we going? I have no clue. Go, go, go. Before we go here, because I mean, I know we want to we want to wrap at eight thirty at eight thirty Eastern. You're on, on next time zone. I think you're probably seven twenty five. I'm guessing. Um, so back to this advice. Like, what would you say to someone? What would you say to someone who maybe they're in late twenties, maybe in their early thirties, that is either losing their job now or soon, and has an entrepreneurial mindset? Like, what advice would you give? What would you give to them right now? Are you asking me specifically? Yes, you, Coco. What would you say to the? What would you say? Um, to, what would you say to that young person? Keep doing what you were doing before. I mean, it's. I don't feel like this is going to. I no, mean, wait minute, whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait a minute. They're in it. Wait a minute. Hold on. To the stage. They're in a job they don't love. They got an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, no, I'm <laughs> Go shoot for your dreams. Absolutely. That's always my, my MO. Like you, you go for what you want. Now, if you have to work, just like Carrie was saying, he had to work some crappy jobs. I think he said he ate out of a gar. I think he said he ate out of a garbage can at one point. And he may have, and you know what? I've done some things that I haven't really, I can't talk about on air. And you know what? We, we do, we do what we got to do until we get where we want to be. And, um, you know, and you right. just have to keep at it. So you're basically saying, go, go for your, I love that, that quote, go for your dreams. Like don't, um, do not stop going for your dreams. And, um, no matter, no matter how bad it is. And right now, if you are vulnerable to your job or whatever, would you agree that this might be the, the best opportunity for sure that they're, they're sure that the the economy is a struggle but like we saw on that one slide so many so many things get started in these kind of situations right absolutely by the way, absolutely. By the way can I, coco can we be honest you started your company which is now very successful and i can't get away from you on instagram because it's amazing your store is amazing everything's beautiful but but Go you honest, no, but in a good way but honestly you you started this in a vulnerable position you started this under like you had just like i think you mentioned divorce like divorce like you started uh not, I had nothing right not in a position of strength i mean i i you had I a few dollars it. right i i got i got um you know you I, a few basically dollars. i i took what little i got for my divorce mm -hmm. which was not much i mean let's right. be honest yeah. and and i said okay i can either go buy a house and then working some job, working for somebody I don't like, that's gonna tell me things I don't wanna hear and things I don't wanna do, or I can take this money and 
spend it on, you know, building something that that I have absolute control over and that I can, uh, you know, I can go to a place I love to go. I can work with people I love to work with and, um, you know, and do the things that I love to do. And um, and so, you know, yes, there was a bigger risk with shooting for the dream, but you know, I feel like I'm much happier today than if I was, I am not a nine to five girl sit at a desk. I can't do, I mean, you, you can't get me to do that. So, um, you know, so I, I don't know. That's, that's my answer right there. I love it. I love it. Carrie, what do you say to that? Yeah. I, I think that this is, <laughs> this is, a, this is that moment, right? And you can, I, it's, I think it's, it's easy to look, like I waited tables in New York before I got the job at the comic strip. I didn't, I omitted that from the story. So here I was in the Hamptons running a multi-million dollar radio station. And I was the morning show host and I was doing theater with the Hampton theater company at night and was having a, you know, a really cool t good time. I was in my twenties and then I'm waiting tables and I'm hearing young man, I need some more butter over here, young man. And you're late and this, you know, and it, it's, it was tough. It was a big piece of humble pie. But I didn't care in that moment. It didn't bother me at all. I didn't feel ashamed. It was just a means to an end. I was in Manhattan. I, and I knew that right around the corner, I was going to make a living doing the things that I really love. And so it, a job is a job, right? A, an avocation or a vocation or a profession or a dream is something else entirely. And I... Yeah. And I I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Alan. What is the definition of freedom? Is it really financial freedom or is it spiritual, time. emotional, and you know, time for you? Time, spiritual, emotional, and so forth. Uh, Coco, to that point, you're, you've got a successful store business. Like, what is your favorite thing about being a business owner? Uh, before the pandemic, before the pandemic, what was your favorite thing about being a business owner? Um being able to make the decisions for my, myself and, and, um, and knowing that I, like I walk into the store and there are days when it's just another day. And then there are some days where I walk in there and I think I made this, like I did this, this is, and, and I, I own this, like, this is, this is all mine. And I did this and people like it. Like, yeah. and it's, Sometimes it's a little surreal feeling and it's, you know, and then sometimes it gets a little overwhelming, but, but then there's so much satisfaction in knowing that I am doing something that makes people happy. I mean, people come into our store and say things like, just wanted to come in and have some peace and serenity. Mm -hmm. You know, I... Yeah, yeah. I love your, your store makes me happy and I needed some happy today. And I'm like, great, look around. You don't have to buy anything. You know, I'm the worst salesperson. In fact, my two employees that I have usually say, could you just go in the back, just the back. and just, yeah. So um, sell something up here. Right. I'm the worst. I'm like, yeah, if you don't like it, then don't buy it. You know, but um, I'm just some horrible but but it is cool that I can walk in there sometimes and I think, oh my gosh, this is I did this, you know yeah. this this is all mine. Hey, Carrie, so. that's my Carrie, that's my question to you. So you have you have two, three, or four 
solopreneur, homepreneur businesses from the film to the voiceover to the HSN product? Like, what is your favorite thing, Carrie, about being? Um, <laughs> Carrie's bringing some uh, supporting cast members in. Okay, Carrie, what is your favorite thing about being a uh, solo independent business owner and all the ventures that you have? Because I'm going to just throw you a little bit of a chum in the water. Like you have tremendous flexibility and independence for sure. I know that about you. What else would you add to that? I just, I'll just agree with what Courtney said. And that's it. There are certain things no one can ever take away from you. That's all there is to it. You know, it's like, here's one right here. With my shorts on. Here you go. Right here. No one can ever take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Nor would they want to. <laughs> no. Easy, Coco. Easy, Coco. Or one of these. Can't take it away from you. Yeah, they can't. That way we like. All right, you win. You win. No, that's the whole point. And and no one can take away the fact that I I wrote one of these things. And I'm going to write probably probably another five of them before I'm done. And I'm creating a TV show that I think will be, I don't know if it'll be as funny as Parks and Rec, but we're kind of fashioning it that way. And no one will be able to take that away from me. And Hey, quick, um, Carrie, quick plug. We got it, Coco, before we wrap up, you got to hear this. So Carrie, you know, spent the last 20 plus years in home shopping network environment. So HSN, QVC, and also the one in Minnesota called Shop NBC, right? So he'd been on them. He's just been all across the board. So he decided to write a spoof, like the office kind of a spoof on the, the world of home shopping. So Carrie, just quick, we're going to wrap up here. Explain, like, I know you'd love to play the video because you got a pilot, but just explain the premise of the show and <laughs> the pilot. Well, the premise, the premise is driven by the reality, and that is that TV home shopping has been a multi-billion dollar business for a very, very long time. And now it's facing um, extinction, potentially, if they don't become relevant in an online world, right? Why do we need to watch a live broadcast of anything other than sports and breaking news? Why? It's all on demand, right? So how do you make it relevant? How do you keep it going? So my show, tvshoptv.com, is about television's worst home shopping network. <laughs> Walking away. And they are hanging on for dear life. And they're egomaniacs and they, you know, this is the last thing they ever dreamed of was selling stuff on television at the worst home shopping network. But they're trying to figure out a way to keep it working because what they truly believe in their hearts is that it's really entertainment, that it's relevant, and that they're making a good living. And so it's not, you know, it's funny. It's very, very funny. But these are also people dealing with real things. And so I'm really proud of it. And I feel like, yeah, talking about opportunity, right? So I was talking, I just signed with an agent to represent the project and we we're talking about it. And he said, you know, this is a wonderful time because everything I hear from, from content people, from streaming services, from networks is that everyone's binging on everything. <laughs> and when we come out of this, everybody's going to be jonesing for new content. And I feel very confident that this show is going to happen. And I wrote a full pilot episode. I'm working on the second and third episodes now. I have six episodes flushed out, and hopefully that'll that'll be just a wonderful thing to be a Carrie, part of. Carrie, is there a link to the uh, pilot on? No, um, no, that's it's private. 
you got it all locked down it's not a pile it's a it's like a scissor reel it's like a five minute trail but yeah if but somebody wants, if somebody wants to email me at Carrie can you put it in the group chat there's only a few people in the group chat just okay. put it in the group chat yep. yeah okay. uh i gotta put a I know, do I take your time take your time paste them because it's really funny if you guys love the office you know how good <laughs> you know awkward you know awkward the office is right everything's awkward so this is behind the scenes of the uh, home of the home shopping network environment and with the same kind of awkwardness humor. Um, okay, so we're gonna wrap up here, guys. This has been better than I expected, honestly. And Coco, you made my night. You made our night, honestly. Honestly, nice to see you, Carrie. Carrie, did she make our night or what? Absolutely. Oh, whatever. I know you're trying no, to figure out how to copy and paste right now, but other than that, I got, I got, I got. here we go. Here it is. Here's the link. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um, and don't share this with other people. Pace, let's see. All right, we're going to wait for Carrie. We're going to wait for Carrie. There it is. Okay. There it is. Cool. Here's the password, all lowercase. Oh, there's a password. Whoa. I feel special. Yeah, don't share that. Don't yeah, post it. Do. <laughs> it's fun. Um, hold on. I got to go back and uh, and figure out. Okay, here we go. Okay, the password is. Um, Shop TV. Okay, cool. All right. Hey, we're gonna gonna go here, guys, and we're gonna watch it on our own. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, Coco, you're gonna. Will you come on and be a guest host for me in a few weeks, Coco? Oh my God, I'd do anything for you. Awesome. Wow. Coco. Hi, Ashley. Ashley. Ashley hi. Ashley's here. Yes, she's around. Ashley, can you say hi? Hi. Okay, hi. she's in. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you know she. I um you're Coke Coke, you're Ashley approved, just so you know. Aw. So it's all good. Thank you guys so much. This is gonna be up uh, by the way, this has been live. You didn't know this, by the way. I didn't give you I didn't give you a disclaimer, but this has been this has been broadcast live to Facebook Live all night long. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> glad I glad I brushed my hair. <laughs> this right, is, now I'm taking this my is, shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Sarah Curry. This has been broadcast. <laughs> Stop. Oh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. What is nice. this? I got to go. Been, this has been, by the way, and by the way, number two, you're going to get a link. It's also, I'm publishing it to YouTube. And uh, thank you guys so much. You've been a joy to my life. And I, I'm just so excited about this. Thank you so much. This is empty. I got to go. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Bye. -bye. Bye. Okay, bye.